0: preparation when we are getting ready to celebrate the birth of Christ and to remind ourselves that he is coming again. Right before Thanksgiving, I started talking with you about what it means to be love in action because that's who Jesus is for us. Jesus is love in action. Come down to be with us. And as disciples of Jesus, followers of him, we want to think about how we can change around our Christmas preparations, our Advent preparations, to reflect that we are followers of Jesus. So to that end, the series is called Love in Action. We're going to be talking about hospitality today. Would you please pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for this good opportunity and every good opportunity that is going to be before us in the coming weeks. Help us to do something good with each and every one of them. In your name we pray, amen. Gus owns a hotel in downtown Dallas. And much like hotels all around the country this time of year, it was a very busy season for his hotel. And then the city got hit with a very rare, very freak ice storm. Dallas is not the kind of city that is prepared for that sort of winter weather, kind of similar to if we got an ice storm here in Bradenton. So it essentially shut down everything and everyone. So when a guest who had recently had knee surgery announced that he needed to get to an important executive meeting a block away at the Neiman Marcus corporate office, he took out his crutches and was trying to walk his way over there. And that's when Gus sprang into action. I remember it just like it happened yesterday, he said. It was very slippery out there, and he kept saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, I'm going to get there. So I looked around, and I saw these two rugs, And I took them to the front door of my hotel. I laid one rug over the ice and said, walk on this rug. And he took a few steps onto the rug. And then I took the one behind him and I placed it in front of him. And he would take a few more steps forward. And then I'd get that one and I'd put that one in front of him. And we did this all the way back and forth until he got to the office. It took us about eight or nine minutes And he was in awe, and he kept saying, I I can't believe it. But Gus said it was the only way that I could think to get him there, and so that's what we did. And, And Gus went on to explain that I want to treat every guest the same. This is my house. And when you come to my house, I want you to feel welcome. This is an extraordinary act of hospitality. Now today is the first Sunday of Advent, is the first day of, of Advent, the season of waiting and preparing for Jesus Christ. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but some years, I just want Christmas to be over because it's such a busy time. There's winter concerts and holiday parties and gifts to give and cards to send and cookies to bake and on and on and on. And some years, it's even more on and on and on until you're completely exhausted and you show up Christmas Eve night and you're like, thank God that's over. And truth be told, truth be told, none of those things really has a whole lot to do with Christmas anyway. But the crazy part about it is, that we often approach worship this time of year as the extra thing, the add-on. So, in addition to cookies and gifts and cards, we have to go to worship and we have to be a part of the church family, and it seems it seems very twisted. That somehow we've gotten this mixed up. And and so when you add that all together, Christmas becomes overwhelming and not the least bit joy-filled. I think about Gus's story, which obviously happened during the winter months, probably around Christmas time. And I think, you know, good for him. Good for him. Must be nice to have that kind of spare time to be just helping out any random person that happens to come by with some sad sap story about how they had knee surgery and blah, 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 blah. But who really has time for that kind of thing when you're wrapping presents and stringing lights and hosting parties and trekking out to visit Santa? I mean, seriously, let's get real. Well, what might happen if we took all of that energy that goes into our Christmas busyness, and we put it towards deliberate and intentional action. That's what God did. That's what God did for us in sending Jesus into the world. He took, he took all of that love for us, that care, that compassion, that grace, all of it, and gave it to us in one amazing act of love. Jesus is God's love. action. So this year, in order to help the entire church family prepare for Christmas, that celebration of God with us, I want to encourage us to be disciples of Christ by being love and action throughout this season. I want us to radically transform how we approach what's going to happen in our lives the next couple of weeks. And the first way that we can do that is by making space for hospitality. Now, I know that many of you will make cookies and you'll host parties and you'll give gifts, but that's not the kind of hospitality that I'm talking about. I'd like for us to consider a a more extensive form of hospitality, the kind that was shown by Mary's cousin Elizabeth here in Luke. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and she greeted Elizabeth. was spoken to her by the Lord. So Mary finds out that she's pregnant. We know that Joseph also finds out. We know that they're engaged, but they're not yet married, and and that a pregnancy of of this kind is not looked upon kindly by the people around town. So Luke says that Mary went with haste. Little warning to Elizabeth's house. When we talk about radical hospitality, we're talking about the kind of hospitality that can occur at any moment, with or without warning. For Elizabeth, this visit from Mary would be the equivalent to one of us getting a phone call right here, right now from a family member or friend saying, hey, I'm at the Sarasota airport. Come into your house. Come get me. I'll be here straight through Christmas. Right? (laughs) Now, have you ever thought about cleaning? Think about this. Have you ever thought about cleaning your house or cleaning out your car as an act of hospitality, an act of preparing and waiting, these are, these are mundane chores. There's no glory in them because these are, these are everyday, ordinary activities. But what if, what if you go through the process of making beds and folding laundry and vacuuming floors and what if... You were preparing your heart and your space for guests. What if you didn't anticipate guests, but, but you meet somebody here at the church and you discover that this person is feeling alone and forgotten at Christmas and you have prepared your heart and your house to invite them over to lunch or coffee at the last second Or you were able to give somebody a lift in your car when they blew a tire or their battery died. We don't think of cleaning as a traditional Advent activity. But it puts us in this wonderful place of great potential to extend hospitality at a moment's notice. Radical hospitality also requires us to be open and receptive to the work of the Holy Spirit. The description that we have of Elizabeth's response to Mary's arrival is one of great joy. So often during this season, we see unexpected interruptions to our schedules as a huge hassle and major inconveniences. We do not like surprises during Christmas. The phone call from the friend that we haven't talked to in months, the random meeting in the grocery store, the neighbor stopping by to see if we've seen their cat, the appointments that run late... We don't see those as works of the Holy Spirit, but maybe we should. Maybe these are holy pauses that are given to us to say, hey, pay attention. Pay attention to what God is doing in this time, in this space. Elizabeth felt deep within her that God was up to something extraordinary in the midst of this major interruption in her life. And it was pretty major, all things considered. You know, Elizabeth was six months pregnant at this point. And I realized going into this sermon that that there's a good half of you, at least, that have no idea what it's like to be six months pregnant. But let me share with you, it's around that point when things start getting a little bit uncomfortable and nothing fits and nothing works and you wonder, are you ever going to see your feet again? So this is not the time that we want to start having guests over to the house because we're trying to get some things ready. Mary showing up on Elizabeth's doorstep would have been a pretty big wrench in Elizabeth's day, but this turned out to be a three-month-long visit. By our standards, it would have been well justified for Elizabeth to say, I love you, but you got to go. You got to go. I got things to do. I've got life that I've got to handle. Advent may be that time of preparing you for a major shift in your approach to hospitality, not just for the coming weeks, but maybe even the coming year. It may be a time of preparing you to walk alongside of someone. We tend to think of of hospitality as a one-and-done deal. You throw a party, you pass out food and drinks, you clean up, everybody goes home. But radical hospitality is about opening your life to welcoming others in for as long as they need it. And so when we talk about making space for hospitality, we're not just talking about your physical space. It's about space on your calendar and on your watch. How many times have you seen the caller ID come up and you pretend like you just didn't see it? Right? That's usually when I'm calling you. Um, Or or you just let it ring and it goes to voicemail because you know, you know that if you had answered it, it would eat away at your precious time and your schedule. And how many times has a person tried to speak to you and and you're kind of looking at them, but truthfully you're looking past them You're looking over their shoulder and and you're trying to figure out what's the next important thing on your agenda. Jesus always stopped. He always made time. He always made space. And so if you are preparing for Jesus, then you've got to do the same thing. But the truth is that most of the time when we talk about Christmas, we're not preparing for Jesus. We're We're preparing for a very secular celebration of Christmas, and that celebration requires total devotion of our schedules, our money, our traditions, our stuff. There is little room for time and time and space for Jesus. There is one final component of radical hospitality, and that's that it must be devoid of judgment. Have you ever noticed that in the story, that anytime we do the story of Mary coming to Elizabeth? Elizabeth never asks, Mary, what the heck happened? How could you and Joseph have messed up like this? Wait, did you cheat on him? None of that ever happens. Elizabeth never has that conversation. Those would have been the kinds of questions that Mary was trying to escape from in the first place. A whole town just sitting around wanting to know the juicy backstory. Elizabeth just welcomed Mary into her home and into her life without having all of the answers. Some people who are in the greatest need of radical hospitality, they're already carrying very difficult stories, very painful stories. Your hospitality cannot be conditional upon them sharing with you every sordid detail. Keep that in mind as you encounter widows and widowers this season, those who have lost children or jobs or homes. The first Christmas after my sister died was almost unbearable for my parents. They had lost their youngest child weeks before, and now they walked around, and everywhere they went, they felt like they had this huge neon sign over their heads that said, we're the parents of the girl that was killed. And people treated them differently, And the ones who treated them the absolute worst were the ones who wanted to know every single gory detail of what happened. My parents felt lost. They felt like they had lost everything, and now they had lost their identity because now their whole identity was defined by this one horrific event. And I can remember my Uncle Joe calling my dad from wherever he was in the world that year and talking to my dad about the Orioles for like a half hour. That was a radical act of hospitality because for one half hour, my dad got a chance just to be Peter, not Peter who lost his daughter. And it's not that my Uncle Joe didn't care or that he didn't know, he very much did. But he knew that my dad had not forgotten my sister. And to the contrary, was now spending every waking moment thinking about her. So he just wanted to remind my father that he still saw him. He still saw him as a friend and as, as a brother, not as just some guy who got a raw deal with his baby girl. So could you spend some time in the next few weeks making time and space in your life and schedule for those that have a painful backstory? Could you intentionally include them in in some part of your holiday preparations? Could you make it a point to invite them to to come with you to the longest night service? Maybe you weren't planning on attending, but maybe they need you to bring them. And and can you do that without judgment and, and questions? Here at the church, we have to be ready to share in that kind of radical hospitality as well. We know that this is a season for us where we've got a lot of visitors, we've got a lot of snowbirds coming, and that means that every single Sunday that there's people among us that we don't have a backstory for. And we don't know all of their questions and answers, and they don't know all about us either. So you may come in one Sunday coming up here in the next couple of weeks, and you may find somebody sitting in your seat. (laughs) I want you to practice radical hospitality by seeing if they need something, welcoming them, getting them something to eat, and I want you to do it without ever mentioning that they have totally ruined your entire life by accidentally sitting in your assigned seat. And you may discover, you may discover, as we go through this season, that with each passing week, there are more and more disheveled and exhausted moms running around this place with their little ones. And although you may have phenomenal parenting advice for them, and a God-given death stare of shame, see if perhaps... You could offer radical hospitality in the form of crayons or a children's bag or even just a little bit of your time to get them a snack from the back table. When someone comes to you and unexpectedly asks you for a moment of your precious time, your presence, your heart, take it as a Holy Spirit moment that God has given to you to prepare you for his coming. For the coming of jesus christ now all of this all of this requires your participation your action and if that action is rooted in love then it will be a tangible demonstration of god with us jesus christ love in action would you pray with me holy and gracious god we confess that this is a busy season for us. We've got things to do. There are parties and cookies and cards and presents and so many important things, we think. Help us to make that time and space to be love and action, to change how we do Christmas this year in a way that changes the world, which is what you did for us that Christmas Eve. Be with us now as we share in the bread and the cup. Equip us to serve. Open our eyes that we may see those places, those Holy Spirit moments, where a small act of radical hospitality could change this Christmas for someone, maybe even for us. In your name we pray, amen.